I love to sit and look through those holy pages And read about the eternal rock of ages See all that God has done, the battles he has won The great prophecies unfold In every book from Genesis to Revelation I see his loving grace and this great salvation Brings courage to my soul, for I know he's in control. I believe every word is true. Yes, I believe every word that he said is true. I believe he'll do exactly what he said he would do. How I love his precious... It's time now for the Teaching Timeless Truths radio broadcast with Pastor Roger Walton. So get your Bible, a pen, and your Bible study notebook as we journey through the truths of God's Word And now with today's Timeless Truth, here's Pastor Walton. Psalm 119, Psalm 119. Now as of the last section, which was section 11, we had hit the halfway point. So we're now right in the middle of these 176 verses. But this section is interesting because it starts out with the Word of God being settled in heaven. And so uh, as you go through these eight verses, you're going to see uh, some great words that bring me to the title of this, Settled, Steadfast, and Secure. Settled, established, steadfast, and secure, actually, when you look at all that this has to offer. But the very first thing that it starts out with is this incredible wonderful statement and we see here the permanence of God's word forever O Lord thy word is settled in heaven forever oh what a thought now the word forever here is a Hebrew word that expresses uh, eternity and it kind of has the idea of as far as the eye can see till it disappears so you can look backwards in the past until you can't see anymore, but it continues into the past. I can't see my relatives and the people that came before me uh, back in the early uh, 1900s. My, uh, my grandfather would have been one that would have went back into the 1800s, my grandmother. So I guess I can go back to the very late 1800s. But from that point back, I can't see. But it happened, and it goes all the way back to Adam and Eve, but then it goes back to eternity with God, and that just keeps going. You go forward. There, There is no point of which it stops. You can only see so far, and then it just kind of uh, disappears over the horizon. Now, there in the Hebrew, there's a preposition, and when it's used in this uh, uh, word here forever, and it is in this passage, it totally emphasizes continuity continuing continuity the very much of unchangeability so not only is he saying that the word of god is forever and eternal thank the lord for the eternal forever but he is saying that it is absolutely uh, a perfect book with everything you need it is a definite book that has definite things that are definite to us there's nothing wrong in it it may record when somebody lies but it never lies so it has this idea 
that we are stressing the eternal existence of God, but the eternal relevance of God's Word. So we have an eternal relevance forever and forever and forever. In my time right now, the Word of God is relevant. It is relevant to every day and age. It reads, and as we watch what happens in the world, we look and we see that God's Word is true. And every time they turn a spade of dirt trying to disprove something that the Bible says, saying that a city didn't exist, they turn the spades of dirt and find out, oh, yes, it did. He said, forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Not only is the word eternal forever, but it is established. It stands. This is a very unique word, and uh, I love uh, this particular word. It is a Hebrew word, nasab. It's a military term that has the idea of being in a in the place you're supposed to be, in the right position, standing, firm, ready, unflinching, not moving. Okay? So, uh, when you think about that, you look at it, it's not just that it's kind of settling there, laying there. No, it is taking its stand there. It's not moving. The Word of God is not moving. And the fact that the Bible tells us in the Gospels that heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. Not one word. Not only that, but we also find that there is a settledness in the fact that you can trust it. It's taking a stand and it doesn't waver. So you can trust it because it it doesn't change. God doesn't erase it and say, oops, when I said don't do this, I meant don't do this. And so if you did this, you're in trouble. But if you were doing this, you know, it doesn't change. Thy word is forever. It is settled. Somebody said men have tried to burn the scriptures out of existence, but it still stands. I say amen and amen. I'm glad that it still stands. Skeptics have barraged the Bible with scorn, slander, and lies. But it still stands. They brought on the very, 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 very onslaughts of all of hell to try to barrage that Bible, but it still keeps going. Fools have attempted to bury the Word of God out of sight and mind of society, but it still stands. Scorners have endeavored to banish the Scriptures from schools and government institutions, yet it still stands. I'm glad that it still stands. George Washington said it is impossible to rightly govern the world without God and the Bible. How about that? Daniel Webster said, if we abide by the principles taught the Bible, our country will go on prospering and to prosper. But if we in our posterity neglect its instruction and authority, no man can tell how sudden a catastrophe may overwhelm us and bury all our glory in profound obscurity. Wow, what a statement. What an incredible statement. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled. And my friend, it is standing firm in heaven. 
No one's going to get hold of it. No one's going to shake it. No one's going to topple it. No one's going to knock it over. No one's going to mess with it and mess it up. The Word of God's in heaven. Now, they may take what we have and go and make other versions and water it down, but they'll never change the Word that God said. His Word is there. And you will be judged by the very words that He gave us, not the ones you watered down. So we see the permanence of God's Word in this section. We see the eternal forever. But now we see the, uh, we also saw the established, the settled, and look at verse 90. Thy faithfulness is unto all generations. Thou hast established the earth, and it abideth. Here we see that the earth is established. That is, it is established. It's there. It's, it's not moving till he destroys it and makes it new. He said, your faithfulness, just how good you are, your trustworthiness, the security of your faithfulness is unto all generations. Your word is standing, it's settled, and it will help and encourage people every single day, in every single way, in every single generation. Thou hast established the earth, and it abideth. You have made the earth, it, stir, it, it, it stands firm. Every morning we get up, and every morning we go down to bed, the earth is still there. And God made it in such a unique way. Every morning we get up because it's daytime. The earth tilted on its axis and rotates. And it's tilted at a 23-degree angle, allowing the sun to hit the area that's tilted uh, the most in the summertime with all kinds of warmth and, and, and light. And it's there for those summer months. But as the earth is rotating around, as it's turning, all of a sudden we get to the other side. And now it's bent away so the light doesn't hit as direct. And so the light is not as long. And we have day and night. And it's amazing how in the days of harvest when we need to be out there getting the, 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 the reaping of our sowing that we did in the springtime when the daylight was equal. And the last of the harvest is right at that September harvest. Some crops are a little late. And again, at that equal time. But then in the, the dead of winter when you have to let things settle down and let the ground not uh, be uh, used and get ready for a new year, the days shrink down and night becomes sooner because that workload of the earth has changed. Day and night and four seasons. Yes, temperatures go up and down, but that cycle continues. And God says you're, that, that his, his faithfulness is unto all generations. He's established it. It's his earth. He created it. We saw that up above in these verses above us. And it established and it abideth. Thank God. Thank the Lord for the established earth. But then there's the enduring. Look at verse number 92. Unless thy law had been my delights, I should then have perished in my affliction. God's word is eternal. We saw that. God's word is faithful. We saw that. But God's word and his creation and his laws endure. They keep on keeping on. And they help us in our way. And this is because of that. The psalmist said, unless thy law had been my delights, I would not have endured. I should then have perished in my afflictions. I couldn't have endured. 
I would not do it. It would have been bad. It would not have been good. I'd have been in trouble. You know, it's very interesting because he has mentioned that his laws, his delight. He said in verse 24 of Psalm 119, thy testimonies are also my delight and my counselors. I mean, he, he loves the fact that it's his delight. Verse 35, make me to go in the paths of thy commandments, for therein do I delight. Verse 47, and I will delight myself in thy commandments, which I have loved. Verse 70, their heart is as fat as grease, but I delight in thy law. Verse 77, let thy tender mercies come unto me that I may live, for thy law is my delight. Amen and amen. Delight, delight, delight. My Bible says, delight thyself in the law of the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Keep on in the word of God. The psalmist is so into the word and if all through here we've seen if it hadn't been for the word if it hadn't been for the word if it hadn't been for the word therefore teach me make me revive me teach me again over and over again and now he said unless your law but you set up in your word is law unless i had let that delight me i should have perished in mine affliction I, all this distress, all these people afflicting me in the section above where we saw the dark days he was going through. He said, I would have absolutely been destroyed by that. I would have, it would have been completely bad. I would have just ceased from all of that. You know, that takes us to the protection of God's word. And when we look at that in verse number 92, that we see the protection of God's word. What I want you to see is the delight was attained and the death was avoided. The death to the, the Christian life and throwing the towel in on everything and maybe even being overtaken by those who afflicted him, it was his delight that he attained in the law of the Lord. It was his desire to be in the Word of God. It was his desire to not read it and then close it. It was his desire to read it and heed it, to memorize it, to put it in his heart, to do it with wholeheartedness, to let it be his life that he would long after, that he would enjoy, that he would guard. Remember how many times he said, I've kept, I have kept, I have kept. It is a credible thing when you love the word of God to the point that you want to be in it because you delight in it and you want it to change you. In fact, in the next section, which is one of uh, the favorite sections, it says, oh, how love I thy law. It is my meditation all the day. That's the beginning of the next section. Yeah, love of the Word of God. If you think about it, the Word of God is the very words of God. It's the words of our Savior. So when they were walking on this earth and Jesus in the Gospels was speaking to them, you know what? They were getting the Word of God. Everything that came out of his mouth was the Word of God. They were literally getting the Word of God read to them. In the life of the Lord Jesus Christ, through his example of life and through his educating the word to them and giving them. And he told them many things which they just did not understand at that time and were confounded by. But then we drop down to verse number 93 through 95 and we see the power of God's word. The power of God's word. We see it in a remembered precepts. I will never forget thy precepts. Hey, listen, the precepts remember, 
is the Word of God. You learn it, and you put that precept, okay, based on what I just read. This is the principle that guards my thought process, my life, my eyes, my ears, my hands, my feet. This is the process that it is. For instance, I will hide thy word in my heart that I might not sin against thee. What's the principle? In the context, he had a reason for saying it. But the principle, the precept is that I will go memorize God's word and guard it in my heart so it always is coming back to keep me from any and all sins that come. Not just the one that he was talking about, but the ones that are going to come up every day, all the way into my mind, into my heart, into my way of thinking, and be able to say, nope, nope, that's sin, that's wrong, that's wicked, not going to do it, not going to do it. I will never forget that precepts. I'll never do it. For with them, with them, thou hast quickened me. You have revived me. The idea here is you take the principles of the word of God, the, the commandments, the laws, the statutes. You take all these wonderful, the testaments, you take them and you make principles of life out of them that you live by that are biblical principles. And I've said this before, but uh, in a sermon by Bob Jones Sr. way back in the 60s, Bob Jones Sr. had a, a, a book out by the same title called Do Right. And he was a very fiery, gruff-sounding preacher. And, and I can hear that, that sermon when I was a kid and I got to listen to it. And he said, young people, do right. If all of hell is aimed at you, just do right. If the stars fall out of their socket, just do right. And in that sermon, he said, if you'll make up your mind that you're going to make Every decision based on one principle, let it be the principle of do right through the lens of Bible. Do right according to the precepts of the Word of God. Just do right. He had wonderful sayings. It's never right to do wrong. Never right to do wrong. But I like this little twist he put on it. He said another saying, it's never right to do wrong in order to get a chance to do right. It's never, just because the, you did something good here, but you had to do something bad to get the good. He said, nope, that's not the way it goes. Listen, you've got to come up to your mind. If you do not know what it is you're to do, if you do not have a principle and you've got to look at a situation, he said, you'll end up doing the convenient thing. And I think one of my all-time favorites that he said is, do not sacrifice the permanent on the altar of the immediate. Don't gratify your flesh in an immediate sense to sacrifice something permanent you could have had had you said no and kept on keeping on. I will never forget thy precepts, for with them thou hast quickened me. You have made me alive. And again, he went to that peel tense. Ah, you've quickened me. Hallelujah. I love it. And it's in the perfect tense. You have totally made me. You have wrecked. In other words, if God revives you, it'll be a total revival. If you get revived, I don't know how long it'll last, but for however long you last in that revival, where your life's brought back to him through the light of the word and through the love of God and through the incredible desire to do what he says and to be obedient and to just love on him, you are going to be completely turned around and enjoy the things of God. 
Then he said, <laughs> I like this. He said, not only is there remembered precepts, but there's a redeemed possession. <laughs> I am thine. Save me, for I have sought thy precepts. I not only didn't forget them, I'm looking for them. Every time I'm in the Word of God, I look for them. He said, look, I want you to deliver me. Save me. Deliver me. I, I've sought thy precepts. I am thine, O Lord. Do you remember a song that was uh, written by a blind person by the name of Fanny Crosby? I am thine, O Lord. I have heard thy voice and it told thy love to me. But I long to rise in the arms of faith and be closer drawn to thee. Draw me nearer, 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 blessed Lord, to the cross where thou hast died. Draw me nearer, 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 blessed Lord, to thy precious bleeding side. Oh, she was blind, but boy, could she see. And you think about those words of, I am thine. I heard thy voice. What a blessing that he allowed you to hear his voice. But what happened that day you got saved? You absolutely were hearing the voice of Lord. Hallelujah. You are listening to the very voice of God. One of the verses says, Consecrate me now to thy service, Lord, by thy power of grace divine. Let my soul look up with a steadfast hope, and my will be lost in thine. Oh, the pure delight of a single hour <laughs> that I spend before thy throne. Oh, I, I read that wrong. Let me read it right. Oh, the pure delight of a single hour that before thy throne I spend. When I kneel in prayer and with thee, my God, I commune as friend with friend. Now listen to this. There are depths of love that I cannot know till I cross the narrow sea. There are heights of joy that I cannot reach till I rest in peace with thee. Draw me nearer. Yeah, I am thine, O Lord. I am thine. Save me, for I have sought thy precepts. And then he says, uh, there's a remembered permanence. The wicked have waited for me to destroy me, but I will consider thy testimonies. There is a remembrance of his testimonies. That's the evidence of what he's done. That's the witness that he means what he says, says what he means, and does what he does. And it's, there's a permanence of that record. That record does not go away. He said the wicked have waited. They are laying in wait. They are doing everything they can to destroy me. They want me to die. But I am going to keep on considering thy testimonies. The idea is to pay attention, to perceive. It means to learn with discernment, to understand. He said, I am going to consider the record. When they say, look, I am going to do everything to take you out. You're going to see that your God can't protect you. I'm going to look at your record and see all the people you protected that were standing for you till you told them it was their time to come home. I'm going to look at every single one of them. That is what we need to do. We need to keep a record of God's blessings and God's help. We need to go back to the Bible and see that the three Hebrew boys said, I'm not going to, we're not even going to ask you to deliver. We're not even going to ask God to deliver us. Just whatever he wants. That's all we want. But if he delivers us or not, 
from the fire, he will deliver us out of thy hands. It's going to happen. The wicked, they're constantly waiting. But I am going to put myself into observing, paying attention to, to discern and learn and remind myself of your record, your testimonies, the evidence, the things that you have said and witnessed in that word I, is what I am standing firm on. And nothing else is going to shake me, period, end of story. Wow, what a stand. And what a, this just came after that horrible uh, time that we saw in the dark times that he had in the last section. Goodness, it was bad, wasn't it? It was really, really bad. Now, we go to the last verse. And when we get to the last verse, we see the perfection of God's word. I have seen an end of all perfection, but thy commandment is exceeding broad. What he's saying there is, in man's world, there is an end of perfection. It does not make it. The things that everyone thinks they know has their limits. Human, with all the smarts they think they have, and all the things that have been invented in the time that we are living in, but there is a limit, and things come up that they don't have any answers to. But God's commandments are broad, and they extend without limits into eternity, and they don't change because they are permanent. How did that start off? The permanence of the Lord the perfection of God's word, the permanence of God's word, the first verse and the last verse go together. We see the permanence and the perfection. God's word is perfect. In fact, the Bible makes that dogmatically clear that God's word is perfect. Do you remember Psalm 19 where it talks about different things about the word of God, the, the law of the Lord? It says this, the law of the Lord is perfect, Psalm 19, 7. It's perfect. It's without blemish. It's without spot. There's nothing you can put to it. And then he says it converts the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The command of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. And know what? Verse 11 makes it really crystal clear. Moreover, by them is thy servant warned, and in keeping of them there is great reward. Amen. Thank you, Lord. I have seen an end of all perfection. There's only so far people can go, but no end to your commandment. It's exceeding broad. It is absolutely beyond the limits, and therefore it is perfect because it takes its stand, and it never fails. Aren't you glad for the permanence of God's Word? This section really nails down the fact that the Word of God is God's book, and it is totally uh, trustworthy. You can trust it. You can trust God where you can't trace Him. Get in the book. Stay in the book. Stay in prayer. Let God leap off the page and grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Father, thank you for this wonderful section. Lord, the Word of God, we should cherish it like we, we should cherish it like nothing else that we have in our home because it reveals you. Not make the book our idol, but let it lead us to you. 
worship of you, praise of you, adoration of you. May it be our guide and our direction and our uh, our precepts as we look at everything that you teach. And may we do so with a wonderful delight, a delight to do the will of God. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. This is Pastor Walton praying that you have an absolutely awesome. Yes, I believe every word that he said is true. I believe he'll do exactly what he said he would do. How I love his precious word, it thrills me through and through. I believe every word is true. Oh, I believe every word that he said is true. I believe he'll do exactly what he said he would do. How I love his precious word, it thrills me through and through. I believe every you have been listening to the Teaching Timeless Truths radio broadcast with Pastor Roger Walton. You can send all correspondence to tttbroadcasts at gmail.com. Tune in again next week for another Timeless Truth.